So obviously want to dig into the new album a little bit and talk about this upcoming tour and talk about some old friends. But um, the past couple of years that we've all had to endure, there's no way to not talk about it. And with every musician releasing music, where were you at kind of with the album below when the pandemic hit? Take me back to two years ago, March of 2020. Where were you at with below? Did you have any ideas? Were you just starting to write it? Did you have half the album done? Take me back to that time, Caleb. Where were you at with below then? Actually, at that time, I was pretty far along in that record process. I had written uh, the majority of all the music. I mean, almost all of it. It had been the first time that I'd really started exploring writing music on the road. So I brought out a little studio and it was going great. You know, I had written 13, 14 tracks worth of instrumentals, had a bunch of vocal ideas and really was planning on just keeping the ball rolling. At that time, I was hoping to have the record out in 2020 and we would just carry on. And then obviously the world had other plans. And uh, <laughs> it was a it was a very wild time, to say the least. So with the extra time, did you go back in and tinker with it some more or did you just kind of leave it be? Uh, definitely a lot of tinkering. I mean, the music honestly didn't get too much of a change. That really kind of stayed where it was. But I guess what changed was the lyrical ideas, a lot of the vocal ideas. I kind of really started over and pretty much all of the lyric and melody for the whole record, besides maybe one or two songs, was written in that period between, you know, March and when it came out in June. It definitely took a different bit of a shape due to pandemic-related issues. Well, yeah, with tunes like Fed Up and stuff that were kind of uh, pandemic-inspired, but uh, talking about changing around the melody and the and the vocals and stuff, one of my favorite on the album <laughs> is the last riff, and I was kind of curious, it, did you just never come up with words for that one, or was it meant to be an instrumental from day one? Uh, yeah, that was really meant to be instrumental from day one. That song was a very, very special song on the record and a really important song to me. Honestly, the last song on the record on Beartooth albums in general is always a very personal and very intense thing for me. And basically the way that song came about is I had just been going through it so much and was in such a difficult place with mentally and my own life and just music in general uh, with all of the pandemic stuff going on that I just felt like I didn't really have any words that could convey what I'm feeling and that just a big old instrumental riff was about the best way to uh, explain what was going on in my head. <laughs> just pound those strings like you could. If you could shake the world like the strings, you you know, same thing. Exactly. Yeah, man, I love I love that tune. And there's kind of some songs within that songs almost has kind of a, a Deftones vibe to it a little bit on the, the last riff. Hey, I'll take that. Absolutely. The Deftones riffs. I love it, man. I mean, chock full of so many hits already. The past is dead and skin. And I have a, I have a feeling that uh, Phantom Pain's going to end up being a big hit. That's another album cut that I'm absolutely loving. Man, well, thank you very much. Uh, actually, I mean, we haven't really told the world, but I guess they're going to find out here. Uh, we're going to be playing that for the first time on this tour coming up. And that was one of the songs that we decided to kind of shift around the set to put in for the first time. And I cannot wait to play it because it is absolutely one of my favorites on the record. Awesome. Yeah. And let's get into the tour. We got you in uh, Southern California here two nights in a row, April 5th and 6th at the House of Blues of Anaheim. And, uh, you know, bringing along some old friends with uh, Silverstein and the Devil Wears Prada and some new friends with Era. 
Yeah, that is going to be an amazing couple of shows. We love the House of Blues. We love playing in Anaheim. It's always been a historically an amazing market for us and some of my favorite shows ever. And being able to have support from such amazing legacy bands like Silverstein and Dota Wars Prada and such an amazing fresh band like Era really is just the icing on the cake. And, you know, we plan on bringing everything we've got. It is going to be one amazing show, and we cannot wait to share it with the world. You know, I was kind of curious about the the House of Blues because I saw you on the last tour that you did at the end of last year with Wage War there and then to see the two dates pop up in in Anaheim for this tour. Does that venue hold a little bit of a special place to you? I know you kind of had a moment uh, breaking down on stage kind of just sharing in the the excitement and and being back out there on the road but like you said I guess it's a special market for you a special venue for you? Yeah absolutely you know I said that night that that was maybe my favorite show and one of the coolest shows I'd ever played and my favorite show of that tour. And I truly mean that again, like I really never would lie about things like that and never have and never will. And that house of blues show with all the things leading up to it and you know, how incredible it was, that place will always hold such a special, um, you know, such a special place in my heart. So when it came time to decide what venue to go to and kind of where to play, we just felt like going back there and just bringing back an even bigger show and an even crazier lineup and, uh, you know, pulling out all the stops just felt right. Can't wait. Looking forward to the shows. And, uh, you know, speaking of old friends, I did want to give a shout out to uh, you featuring uh, on the uh, We Came as Romans tune, Black Hole. And I was talking to the, those dudes last year, talking to Joshua Moore. He said he's known you since you were like 15 or 16. But even their drummer, Dave Puckett, you've known since like kindergarten. You guys are way old school with those dudes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, We Came as Romans was one of the first bands that attack, attack my old band from a long time ago started playing with uh they're from michigan we were from columbus so we'd meet up at a lot of places and play a lot of shows but yeah david puckett i mean he's from columbus from the same hometown and we would hang out at david's house all the time he had like a very music-based house and there was like a drum set and guitars and that was just the place to be so all these years later to be able to link up and uh do such a fun song really really special and yeah just nothing but love for those guys they truly are amazing people and an amazing band and a great tune and did you get to go in the studio or was that kind of during the pandemic and kind of had to mail in your parts for that one (laughs) yeah unfortunately it was yeah that was a uh doing it the old postal service route where they would send me the song and i uh, recorded it at home in my studio and back and forth and all that but yeah definitely couldn't be happier with how it turned out turned out great yeah and, and not a problem for a guy like you who knows how to write and produce and play every instrument twist every knob and do every every button behind the board on your own uh you know, and, and kind of leading into that, one of the uh, things that we do here as a old school radio station, we still celebrate every night at 10 o'clock mandatory Metallica, which you're going to be a part of. So I was kind of curious, what was the first riff that Caleb Shomo learned on guitar from Metallica? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, probably Enter Sandman. I mean, I, I would, <laughs> I'm just guessing. I know a lot of Metallica, but if I had to bet, I would probably say Sandman. I mean, that song has just changed my life. It changed the world. That is still one of the heaviest riffs of all time. Pretty amazing. And was that just learning it off of uh, MTV or did a friend bring it to you? Or what was your introduction to Metallica? Um, It was a little bit later in life, actually, surprisingly enough. But, um, you know, I'd always had an affinity for classic rock and been a big fan of that. 
But then when I started getting more into heavy metal, obviously Metallica was like, if you're going to get into metal, this is what it's about. (laughs) And um, yeah, I mean, the Black Album is just a riff-heavy record of nothing but bangers. And yeah, Sandman is one crazy way to kick it off. So yeah. Crazy that that album, the Black Album, just turned 30 years old last year. I mean, that still kind of feels like newer Metallica, and that's 30 years old now. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a wild world we're living in. Time moves quick. Yeah, it does. Hey, speaking of which, uh, pick a uh, mandatory Metallica tune. Pick any tune you'd like us to play for you by Metallica. What's your favorite Metallica tune? Any Metallica tune? I'm going to go with Blackened. Um, That riff is just so rad, and that song just absolutely rips. I mean, I love every part of it. (laughs) So for me, that's the one i got to pick. Love it. And that's a popular choice. But, you know, being a producer guy that you are, a a knob turner, does the lack of bass on that album bug you or on that tune bug you? Like, you know, that's what everyone talks about when they go back to Injustice. Where's the bass? You being a producer guy, does Uh, that bug you at all? (laughs) Not really. I I mean, I just don't really even, to me, that's not what I'm focusing on. I mean, I'm just focusing on the guitars. The the guitars and the vocals, and obviously, no offense to the bass, it's like... (laughs) That is a very integral part, but I, I've really never even thought about that. It's just for that record, my brain is revolving around the guitar riff. I still think that record sounds incredibly heavy and unique, and uh, that just kind of puts a little timestamp on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I keep thinking about that, how funny it's going to be to look back in a couple of years, you know, decades from now, and you see people who did, you know, videos with masks on. It's going to be so signature, you know, 2020, 20, or whatever the year is. Timestamp, that's all music is, right? It's a one big timestamp. Hey, man, I mean, that's really what the record below is for me. I mean, that record was just meant to be a real timestamp to kind of explain what it was like mentally going through the pandemic as a musician and for me personally. And yeah, that's really what every record does. It just kind of lays down like an important part of life and an important part of time and history. You know, speaking of below, one other thing I did want to mention, there is a a comic book uh, companion that's come out for the album too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We got a graphic novel. It's incredibly well done and well-written. And uh, I really want to commend our bass player, Ashi. He was heavily involved in pretty much that entire process. And uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. Definitely worth checking out if you're into uh, being just a little bit extra nerdy and want to get some cool collectible stuff with a really good story. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time and best of luck with the tour and can't wait to see you at the House of Blues. Yeah. Anytime you need anything, please let me know. Awesome, man. Thanks, Caleb. Safe travels out there. Be well. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety. Available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.